0: You are listening to The Hodges Huddle, where we discuss all things happening in the wide world of sports. Here is your KLSU sports team. Welcome in to The Hodges Huddle. I am your host, Patricia Caputo. Joining me today is Andre Champagne and Cassidy Johnson. How are you both doing today? We're doing well. Yeah, I'm doing great. How are you? I am doing well. Someone who might not be doing as well is LSU fans as Texas A&M defeated LSU 38 to 23. The Aggies moved to 5 and 7. They will not make it to a bowl game and the LSU Tigers ruined all of their chances to possibly become the first ever college football team to get to the college football playoffs with 3 losses. But with that being said, we'll talk about that today since we did not have an out-of-bounds Sunday show due to the holiday. But so let's break down this game. Let's see what happened here. To start off, we did not have Josh Williams. Josh Williams did not play in this game for LSU, and that left John Emery Jr. and Noah Kane to take on most of the workload. John Emery Jr. finished the night with nine carries for 55 yards, and Noah Kane finished with 11 carries and 48 yards. And it is notable to say that. John Emory Jr. did have three touchdowns on the night for the Tigers. But if you're talking about Josh Williams, you've seen how he's coming to his own this season. Andre, what did you see from Josh Williams being absent in this game?
1: Yeah, I think Josh players I mean Josh Williams is a player that can make something out of nothing, which Emory can do as well, but he's not very good at protecting the football. But Josh Williams is just the all around back that you needed for this game and just I mean, John Emory, you can't really compare him to Josh Williams and that experience he has. You really needed Josh Williams, and I wish they would have played him.
2: Yeah, I think it shows how much of an impact he has on the field. And us missing him, you, you could tell.
0: I love that you said what you just said, Andre, about how John Emery doesn't have the same effect Josh Williams does, because going into the season, likely many people would have said the opposite, and they wouldn't have been wrong because everybody thought that John Emery Jr. was going to come back, he was going to be better than ever, this was going to be his moment, and Josh Williams really took on that workload, and he took that opportunity he had and ran with it. I agree with him sitting out, there's no reason to push his body, The, the truth was whether LSU did win this game, they would still have had to go on and beat Georgia. So you are hoping that if you're Brian Kelly and this Tiger team, that you beat Texas A&M, a quote-unquote easier opponent than one of the best in the country right now. You have Josh Williams, who's healthier, and then you still have to see if you're even going to make it to the playoffs. So the chances were already low. Now, of course, they're out of the question. But I agree with what Brian Kelly did there. He will be healthy for the SEC championship. And if I'm Josh Williams, that's more important to me than this game as well, being able to showcase my talent right there in Atlanta. But speaking of John Emery Jr., we talked about the fumbles that he had. So despite those three touchdowns, Andre, what did you see with just his his ball carrying and not being able to protect the football is it just him not playing enough is that a good excuse anymore
1: i actually thought john emory did well of stepping into his role uh this weekend he only had nine carries which is kind of wild he had all three touchdowns like you said for lsu which was good for his confidence i really think mm-hmm. that is i think the offensive line just really struggled to get the old the holes up opened up
0: Yeah, I think after that Alabama game, it's that the offensive line looked pretty strong against Alabama, and that was the big question. They're going to play max protection, but they're going up some of the best defensive ends in the country, and then you saw that game versus Arkansas, where Harold Perkins wasn't there. They likely would have lost because that offense just couldn't get it together, and then this Texas A&M team really showed that there are still problems on that offensive line, but I agree with you. It was important for John Emery to get those three touchdowns to build that confidence, but Brian Kelly... And this team could have possibly ran the ball a little bit more, but because of some of John Emery Jr.'s mistakes in the past in terms of ball carrying, that might have prohibited that. And also, you want to get Jaden Daniels to throw the ball because against Georgia next week, you're going to have to throw the ball. You're going to have to make big plays. You can't just rely on this run game, which Brian Kelly in the press conference said this week isn't where it needs to be. So that's something that you have to take into consideration if you are this LSU team right now going on to play Georgia. But let's talk about Brian Kelly and that two-point conversion call toward the end of the game when they had scored, now LSU is still down by about two touchdowns, and they decide to go for a two-point conversion, and prior to that call, just a few drives earlier, Jaden Daniels already looked banged up, he's limping a little bit, and then they decide to call the two-point conversion, and Jaden Daniels decides to take it himself and run. They don't get the two-point conversion, and. Before the cameras flipped to commercial, Jaden Daniels is sitting there holding what looks to be his ankle. So what do we think about that play? Because for me, I didn't agree with that because you know that the two-point conversion isn't going to change the game drastically. It's not like that Alabama game. So just put points on the board. And you're putting your quarterback on the line who you know has to go play in an SEC championship game next week. Andre, what did you think about that call?
1: I think everyone wishes they knew the answer to that, you know? I think that didn't kill momentum, but it was just super questionable. And I just, I wish she would have just kicked it. There was mm-hmm. no point in getting, you know, to go for two mm-hmm. there.
2: See, I think it did kill the momentum. Like we just scored, you know, one, po- I mean, it wasn't drastic, like you said, I think we should have just kicked the ball in with, you know, um Jaden, he was obviously hurt, and then we, first of all, didn't get any points on the board. It was just, it was bad business, bad business.
0: I I just thought it was very unnecessary, and I'm totally fine if it was like, okay, you have the opportunity to go out there and defeat Texas A&M, go ahead and do it, but you put your quarterback in the line. In my head, I said he's not going to be ready for that championship game, and then thankfully they came back from commercial as I was watching and Jaden and Daniels seemed to be okay, but for a second it's just like you're holding your breath saying could this be the downfall of this LSU team right now and all of their chances be lost next week and all that momentum really be taken out of this team because of a two-point conversion that wasn't necessarily needed on that play. But let's go back to that offensive line because Jaden Daniels once again did rush for 84 yards and he was the leading rusher for another week for this LSU team. But if you're speaking of this offensive line, how do they fix their issues with protection? They have a week until they take on Georgia. This has this can't be a quick fix to the Tigers. Is max protection the answer against Georgia, Cassidy?
2: Oh, for sure. I mean, Georgia has the best, defense in um, in the country, and I think it's important that we get these issues fixed if we want even a chance to um, keep up with Georgia. I don't know what it is. We look strong during the Alabama game, and then I just maybe, I don't know what happened after the Bama game.
0: I think it comes with sometimes being a younger team in the sense that they haven't all played together yeah. for a long time. So you have a new head coach coming in, you have players who are transferring in, and You beat all the expectations, all the odds, and then you get saved in that Arkansas game. You go on, you play UAB. That should be a guaranteed win. And then you have a team like Texas A&M. And sometimes if you're on that pedestal, even though I really do think credit to Brian Kelly, he's done a good job of trying to keep them level-headed, but Miles Frazier offensive lineman for LSU said after that Arkansas game that we got ahead of ourselves and we were hyped up on that Bama game and it doesn't seem that they've come down from that yet, that they're still saying, look, we beat Bama. We may have taken them out of the playoffs, something that most teams don't get to say that they did. and That's just something that this LSU team just seems to be holding on to and it looks like they're looking ahead to next week. Andre, We'll go to you. What do you think about this offensive line?
1: Yeah, I think they could be in trouble, uh, especially coming up this week. Like y'all said, Georgia is the best defensive front in the nation. Um, they struggle with a three-man rush this weekend. What makes you think they're not going to struggle with a five-man mm-hmm. rush next week? So with Georgia having the best defensive front in the nation, it's going to be tough. But I think they just need to be, do better, play more physical. I think it just looked like they got manhandled all night.
0: And talking about this wide receiver core now. There still isn't that dominant wide receiver. You have Malik Neighbors, you have Keyshawn Booty, but there's nobody going out there every week and putting up the numbers. And then you have Kyron Lacy. All year, this LSU team has preached about its wide receiver core and how how in-depth this core is. And Kyron Lacy drops a crucial pass on a third and two that possibly could have scored a touchdown for the Tigers, could have set them up for a touchdown, and that also helped change the momentum of this game. Now, this wide receiver core has had its problems with dropping balls all season. Is this because there aren't just players getting enough snaps that they're so in-depth that it's just an issue? Andre, I see you shaking your head. What do you think about this?
1: No, I'm going to say I think the offensive problems first fall on Mike Denbrock. There just wasn't enough offensive creativity at all. And then I would say uh, the offensive line didn't do well enough protecting JD5 in the past game. Mm-hmm. So for Kyron to drop that is just absurd because he's been doing it I mean that's he's wide open. There's no there's no excuse for that.
2: Yeah, it's all about like fundamentals, you know? Like um when I was a little girl my my dad coached football and all I can remember him saying is, "Oh, if you touch it, you catch it." He he <laughs> touched the ball like the, he did. right in the hand. It was a hand. It wasn't like a
1: And nobody in front nobody of him. Nobody in front no of him.
2: One. So that was that really killed the momentum, too. Because who knows what could have happened that with that. That was a touchdown. We
1: had yeah, we it was. all the momentum yep. there. He, yeah. was,
0: he was open. And it, it was very clear that Texas A&M may not have been able to catch him. That was a wide open look. And that's it's not only Kyron Lacy that all year you've even seen a guy like Keishon Booty just drop some crucial yeah. passes mm-hmm. on third down, second downs that could have helped this team advance. So it's been an ongoing issue for even some of the best players, you could say, in this wide out core. But let's move on to this LSU defense. And Andre, what did you see from them and their struggles against Texas A&M and their offensive line
1: kind of like the offensive line that just got manhandled all night I mean I just don't understand why uh, it's it's hard to watch because you go up against a much more physical Georgia offensive mm-hmm. line next week and it's just it it could be bad it, bad news just red flags all over the place if you're LSU
2: yeah I mean we made their quarterback look like a five-star quarterback mm-hmm. it was just embarrassing I think he was Oh, you (laughs) know what? Shout out to him. He was, yes,
0: actually. I think
2: he was. Third string, but yeah, five-star. Okay, shout out to him. He did what he (laughs) did do. I think that's cool that he stepped up. He's a true freshman, and going against a a juggernaut like LSU, and having that be your outing, I think that's amazing, and it doesn't help that LSU did nothing to try and stop it.
0: And it really showed that Harold Perkins does a lot for this team, and it it did really prove that that Arkansas win fell on Harold Perkins because – If you're a fan, you expect players like B. Joe Jolari and Ali Gay and even Makai Wingo now to step up. And in times like this, it's almost like you realize that that Mason Smith injury is really a loss, even this late in the season. As great as this LSU season has been able to been without him, you still see that that loss in Mason Smith, that you needed another dominant guy out there to at least oppose a threat. And speaking of Harold Perkins, he also had a quiet night. So to me, that proves that he is, he can be the heart and soul of this defense. He can't read the defensive schemes just yet, according to Brian Kelly, but he's done a lot for this team so far. And when other players just are having an off day or they can't step up or can't compete against the offensive line, Harold Perkins is that guy that's usually out there and is able to make up for it. Now, we did have some mismatches. Moving on to this secondary, we had Sage Ryan against Moose Muhammad third. Now, Jarek Bernard-Converse was out. This is what Brian Kelly had to say about that injury to Jarek Bernard-Converse and if he will be back against that Georgia game.
3: Well, we're playing for the SEC West Championship. I think that's a, a, a pretty good answer to that. But uh, Jarek, um, he will practice. Uh, On Tuesday, non-contact, if he gets through that non-contact practice, then he'll be fully cleared. So we're expecting that uh, he'll be back for us.
0: So now that you've heard about Jarek Bernard Converse, he is expected to play against Georgia, likely. That was from Brian Kelly's press conference on Monday, November twenty eighth, but that was the reason that Sage Ryan did have to go up against Moose Muhammad third, and Muhammad third had an amazing game. He had 94 yards, five receptions. Now, statistically, you might not see it as much because he only had a touchdown, but he did help torch this LSU team, and part of that was because of Sage Ryan. So, Andre, do you think that was a mismatch?
1: Oh, yeah, big mismatch for A&M. As Sage usually plays a safety or nickel position, but he was dragged in at cornerback two position because obviously, like you said, Jared Bernard Converse was injured, which hurt LSU than more than many people mm-hmm. could see because Jared Bernard Converse has probably been the best cornerback LSU's had in the past few weeks, I would say.
2: Shout out 318, period. <laughs> He's from my city and he, great guy. But yeah, I, I like Sage Ryan, but it was a mismatch. Like. And like you said, the numbers really don't add up, but you can see like the impact on the field that Moose had and that catch
0: that he had, that was Yes. Wow. Very good catch on the sideline, correct? Yes, so that, definitely a mismatch, and that's how that's what happens when you have a thin cornerback room to begin with, and then you have a defensive back taken out of that game. Sage Ryan has to step up, and we've seen mismatches a lot, even in that old Miss game where LSU did come away with winning, but there were some mitch ma- matches where you had B.J. Ojolari running down the field trying to cover wide receivers, and even Sage Ryan once again, just something that LSU has had to work with all season, and that's something that Brian Kelly should be able to improve upon this offseason with the transfer portal bringing in recruits but right now you have to work with what you got and speaking of working with what you got we're talking about injuries we're talking about Jaden Daniels and Jarek Bernard converse this is what Brian Kelly had to say about Jaden Daniels health-wise going into Georgia this week.
3: Yeah so he's been evaluated he's in a walking boot Uh, you know we'll keep him in that boot today and then tomorrow he'll go in for his exam And really this is about, you know, strength. Um, You know, he'll go on the Alter G today, so he'll run uh, with no, obviously, uh, force and keep him conditioned even through today, which is a weight training and film study day. And then uh, tomorrow he'll go through a manual exam where uh, effectively he's gotta be able to get up on his toes. You know, if he's able to do that, um, then we're ready to go for Tuesday.
0: So on top of everything, the Tigers are coming off of this loss. They've also had players that are injured. They're banged up. Jane and Daniels seems banged up, clearly, if you watch that Texas A&M game especially. So how does it make it more difficult, Cassidy? You're going to Atlanta. You have to travel. You have to take into consideration that it is during finals, during class time as well. And now you're going up against one of the best teams in the country. So how does this prohibit your team?
2: I think, you know, it is it's dangerous. You've got players missing. You've got players hurt. And like you said, you're traveling. But it just means you have to step up. Everybody on the team has to step up and do what they need to do to keep up with this Georgia team. Because I think Georgia is, I don't think the Georgia outing that they had against Georgia Tech, you know, Georgia Tech scored for us. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh. We're in there. Georgia's. (laughs) Well, I think Georgia is the best team in the nation, but I don't think they're unbeatable.
0: Right. I don't think it's by much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And
2: so I think they just need to go in there. And it doesn't help that the game is in Atlanta and like Athens is only like what an hour hour, away from Atlanta. But I think, you know, you got to go in there and you got to take care of business.
1: Yeah. I mean, I agree. I think it's going to be way more difficult now for the Tigers to go and stun Georgia in Atlanta with everyone hurt. For LSU to beat Bama, took all their healthy guys, mm-hmm. which is gonna be needed this weekend, but you don't wanna play different rotations all the time. But I mean, LSU is gonna be playing with nothing, nothing at all to lose, which is dangerous. That's what A&M was yeah. playing with <laughs> last week. So, you know, this is basically our bowl game, I would say. That's what um, I'm saying. But i But I could see, you know, LSU's coaching is really good. It just has to all, it has to all click. Texas
0: A&M went into that game. This is our hometown. Last year our fans left midway through. There were like 5 fans in the cold stadium. Cold game,
1: cold cold game.
0: And you had like fans with their shirts off that playing games of on the sidelines. Were you one of them? Okay. Yeah. You you were there. <laughs> okay. Oh, See trust like me. that,
1: that they last were, play.
0: Last week they were a laughing stock to college football. where on the the show we had talked about is this the the most heartbreaking team. If you were a fan for Texas A&M, you had all these high expectations and now you win four games. And they said, let's go in there and beat LSU. And that's exactly what they they did. did. And that's what LSU should do this week. You have nothing to lose against Georgia. Yes, Georgia will likely still get to the playoffs if they do have a one loss. But still, you have nothing to lose except to beat Georgia. Now the pressure is off you. You can focus on next year and winning and playoff expansion and all that later. But the guys who are leaving, you have a good team. You have Brian Kelly. You have a chance to make history with Brian Kelly, first-year head coach, going to SEC Championship, possibly being able to knock off Georgia, who's been there for now – this is their third year – in an SEC championship game, you have nothing to lose. You got to go in there and take your opportunity. Let's talk a little bit about Georgia, as KLSU will be live from Atlanta at 11, you can tune in at 10 a.m. on KLSU 91.1 FM, where we will give you our breakdown and analysis of the Georgia vs. LSU SEC Championship game, so be sure to tune into that. But let's talk a little bit about Georgia, as they demolished Georgia Tech. Cassidy, as you had mentioned, Georgia Tech did score first in that game. They are up 7-zip, and most people were saying to themselves, okay, could could Georgia Tech really beat them? I think this was their 116th meeting overall, and okay, maybe Georgia Tech has a chance despite them only winning five games this season, but Georgia proved all the haters wrong quite quickly as they won 37-14. to 14. Let's talk about this team. I've I do agree that they're beatable but they've had struggles against Missouri early in the season and multiple games where they just didn't look their best but they seem to have gotten better just seem to got into the rhythm of things they lost 15 players to the draft this off season, and now they just seem to be where they want to be Andre what have you seen from this team in the last few weeks and how they've progressed?
1: Yeah Georgia like you said struggled a little bit with Tech in the first half but they just mixed their pass and run really well to keep guys they're really 50-50. They're a true spread team. They have the best defense of defense in the country in terms of scoring, which is just bad for LSU. It's just really bad. But um Georgia is just the best level team in the, in the nation in my opinion. They're they're definitely beatable though.
2: Yeah, I agree. And I just think <sighs> they're just so good. Like you you just have to pinpoint what they are probably going to be messing up on and I think that's how you can maybe win the game. Expose them early and keep them down cuz the thing about Georgia is they will start off down but they just come back.
0: And Kenny McIntosh was a big part of that this week helping this Tiger team come back in, or excuse me, this Georgia team come back against Georgia Tech this week. But statistically it might not have proved it he had a touchdown ran for about 86 yards but still he was just there he was that force on that team that was really able to step into his own in that game Andre what would you see from him?
1: Yeah Kenny McIntosh is just a back for Georgia who's really phenomenal at breaking tackles in the backfield and in open space he's he's that guy that makes you pay for it if you can't get him down. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah he's just very strong and explosive and um head coach Kirby he was like once he gets going he's going and he's got great vision and great hands so he's that guy unfortunately.
0: Now speaking of the weakness for this Georgia team against this Georgia Tech team they had 70 yards worth of penalties. If I'm LSU and if you can keep your penalties down and you force Georgia to draw a few penalties you have a great chance of winning this game. Likely every game that I look at when you look at statistics it's penalties that help lose the game. That's why Alabama has struggled this season. That's even why LSU has struggled this season. So. What can you do for Georgia if, like, if you're one of the best teams in the nation? You're saying this. You're 12 and 0, and all of this. How could this affect you if you continue to draw penalties? Could that trip you up against LSU, Cassidy?
2: Oh, for sure. But the thing about it is, LSU doesn't capitalize off of anything, and so if LSU wants to win and beat Georgia off of that, like, tactic, oh, like they're getting flags, they're getting penalties. You have to cap- You get the ball back, or the defense needs to step up and be like, oh, start down, like, shut them out. But, you know something about LSU like they'll get a flag and then somehow I can just see um see it just working out for Georgia's favor honestly
1: yeah I mean I completely agree I think I think Georgia's gonna be fine in that aspect I mean it's the SEC championship they're gonna be more disciplined they know what's on the line
0: Speaking of UAG, Alabama has two losses this season. A lot of people are saying, is this a downfall of the roll tide? Is this it for Nick Saban? And then you have Georgia, who just won the national championship last year. They might go to the playoffs again. They won't have to, likely won't have to face an SEC team in the playoffs. That's almost guaranteed. Is UAG the new Alabama?
1: Uh, No. (laughs) No. Now, they have a lot of talent but like we've seen it's hard to sustain after you know nfl drafts championships transfer portal but they're an older team they're they're gonna have fun, their fun right now but uh shout, you know shout out to kirby he's doing good right now but nick saban is you know he's that guy always will be
2: yeah i think this is just george's season like not like season, like year season, but like their season. Right. This is their, their, yeah. Yeah, their phase, if you will. You Yeah, it's yeah, their phase. Yeah. It's
1: their quote-unquote dynasty is there, years. What,
2: golden years. These yeah. are their right. golden years for yeah, right Yeah, I like that. I, yeah, will, yeah, yeah.
0: I, I, I will say that I think Georgia could get there, but my friend plays D1 football at a small school up in New York, Wagner, and I jokingly said to him one time, oh, well, you're going to come to LSU, right? Because he's an offensive lineman. Maybe he'll transfer. And he said, yeah, but unless I get an offer from Alabama. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, you wouldn't come to LSU? That's where I am. What the heck? And then he was like, well, when Nick Saban calls, you go. Right. And he has not watched much college football except for what he plays. It's not like we're from the north, but – that's the impact that Alabama has on players, on coaches, on people. And that's the impact Nick Saban has on people. So Kirby Smart just isn't there just yet in this Georgia team. Now, do I think they could get there? Yes. They're, If they get continue to be good, players are gonna want to come play with them. But people still wanna come and play for Alabama despite a bad season. They know Nick Saban can turn things around and he can make things happen, despite his age, despite a dynasty dying. No, I don't see any of that happening just yet for Alabama. And if so, I think UGA and Alabama will be quite competitive for at least a few more years. But this is an exciting college football playoffs because it's not so SEC dominant. There was a point in this season where College game day every week was saying, could it be a possibility that Georgia is in this, Tennessee is in this, and LSU is in the college football playoffs? And all of that came to a close, especially this weekend. But this weekend also there were a big 10 matchup between Michigan and Ohio State as a Michigan defeated Ohio State 45. 45- to 23. Now I was one of the people that said Ohio State just isn't as good as their record. They are now 11-1 but prior to this game against Michigan they are undefeated. Their only quality win you could say was against Notre Dame who struggled early in the season. I mean just certain games like a game against Penn State you didn't really get away with much until late in the fourth quarter that you said okay now Ohio State's going to rack up some points. Against Maryland they did not play well until later in the game as well. So speaking of Ohio State now that they fall to 11-1 and You have teams like USC, you have teams like Michigan, Georgia, TCU, who is still undefeated. Andre, does Ohio State deserve a spot in the college football playoffs?
1: No, Patricia, I really don't think so, because they have two ranked wins in total, which is, is, it just doesn't impress me whatsoever compared to the other teams. And that blowout to Michigan doesn't help their case. I would say maybe if it was a closed game, uh, came down to the wire, maybe like one possession game, maybe. You know, maybe that's if USC loses, but...
2: Yeah, I agree, and but you know the committee—they have such bias to Ohio State. Mm -hmm. I would not be surprised if I saw them in the playoffs. Like, I wouldn't be surprised at all.
0: No, that them and Alabama, because even Alabama moved up after LSU lost. Alabama might sneak in, and it's true—they're always gonna. They just seem to favor Ohio State and Alabama. But this this year, with all these teams being so good, record-wise, being undefeated, like Michigan, TCU. I don't see how you can put in. Ohio State, especially if Georgia comes away with this win against LSU, just having four undefeated teams in the playoffs. I don't, or at least USC, if they get in, they would have one loss, which I think USC is similar to Ohio State in the sense of them winning, but they still have that one loss. They have a few more quality wins. They beat Notre Dame, who, in my opinion, is a lot better than they were in the beginning of the season. Now that Notre were, Dame was ranked number then nineteen, they, when
1: Ohio State beat them.
0: Yeah. Yes, then when Ohio State beat them, correct. But speaking of Michigan. Hardball seems to get it together. Michigan, they've called them the laughing stock for so many years. They can't ever beat Ohio State. He can't win the big games. But now they seem to be winning the big games. They've won this game against Ohio State for now the second year in a row. So just talk about this college football playoff, Andre, and is Michigan the real deal now? Can people stop looking past that? Yeah,
1: I I think it's time that they start getting that respect because Michigan two years in a row, like you said, win, beat Ohio State by a good bit of points both years. So that's impressive how Harbaugh has been able to keep winning against them and just keep winning in general. But um, you know the playoff is just going to be weird. I, <laughs> I, I don't know how to explain it. USC, I would, I would put USC in if they do win again. Correct. But it's going to be hard for um, Kansas State to go and uh, beat TCU. But it's the enough. second time they play each other. It's hard yeah. to beat a team
2: twice.
0: Mm-hmm. True. Casti, any thoughts?
2: I don't like what it's looking like with the college football playoffs. Just cause I don't I don't I like, like it. I don't I am a hater and I just cannot <laughs> fathom the thought of Georgia winning again. Like that would make my stomach. Well, I, I hurt. don't we're know. Gonna, we're opposites.
1: We're gonna
0: give our predictions. You like the SEC?
1: I'm a I'm an SEC dominant. No See, stop.
0: We're gonna give our predictions at the end, so okay. we'll save it to the end. Let's just one last Ohio State question on more of a down note. CJ Shroud, he did not commit to a non-playoff game, like a bowl game, anything Ohio State plays, and he said he's not committed to playing in that just yet. So let's give our predictions on that. I don't think CJ Stroud plays again for Ohio State. I don't think there's a reason to. A lot of players are getting smart, they're realizing that if they get hurt in that game, their draft stock could drop and they make less money. Andre, what do you think? CJ Stroud, has he played his last game?
1: After watching this press conference, He's really emotional. Uh, I don't know if you watched it, he was like pretty much bawling his eyes out. Uh, saying how much Ohio State meant to him so if that's really true I think he's going to play in that bowl game but definitely his last game in the horseshoe
2: I don't know See, I yeah. don't. I don't know about him playing the bowl game because you do have to be smart mm-hmm. and you. Because anything could happen in that bowl game, and you know you, you can't can just though.
1: think you're going to get hurt though. But,
0: but I li- anything can happen <laughs> Look, though. I like to think that, and then I remember when Zion Williamson and Duke had lost like in the beginning of March Madness, and they were upset, and there was this rumor that he was going to come back for a second year, and I think he <laughs> said that in the spur of a moment, not so much to a media, but it kind of spread around the locker room like, is Zion really going to come back? And he did not, and he declared for the draft, and so. I I agree with what you're saying. I'm sure he was emotional, Andre, and you love Ohio State because that's your school, that's who you've played with. But if you're thinking smart here, I just don't know how you go out there and play in a bowl game when you're as good as you are. I know that, you oh, well, you can't think about injury, but it's a big possibility. This is a game where it's easy to get injured, and I'll, I'll be more on the conservative side in those terms. That I don't know if you want to take that risk when you have a career on the line here. But let's continue talking about these college football playoffs as TCU, who's ranked number three right now, as they are 12 and 0, they defeated Ohio State this weekend 62 to 14. Talk about a good win, not just skating past anything. But do they have what it takes to compete against Georgia in SEC school and possibly Michigan?
2: I don't think so. No. Yeah. But I also have an SEC <laughs> bias as well as Andre, but I think. They No offense to any team that TCU has played, but they've played cupcake teams, and I don't think they have any, I can't really think of just a win that it's like, oh, wow, like they are going to dominate or they're going to keep up with these teams.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree with Cassidy. It's just, I don't understand the TCU hype because they play in the second worst conference in the Power Five, and besides last week, they they haven't completely dominated their weak competition. Uh I think the SEC would expose them as well as Michigan.
0: Now they did play against Kansas State. They play again this week, but they beat Kansas State 38 to 28. They beat Texas 17 to 10, so only by seven points. But it's not like this, these Ohio State games where you're seeing they're winning by two, they're winning by three. I understand what y'all are saying, and do I think they can defeat Georgia? No. Do I think they can defeat Michigan? No. But if USC comes in, I could see there being competition there. I like this this offense for TCU. I think they're another team that's like, what do you have to lose? You're not technically even supposed to be here in terms of what people think when they think of college football. So I think TCU can go in there and really make a big splash if they want to. But we had mentioned that they will take on Kansas State for the second time this season in the Big 12 championship game. If they win this game by a large majority, will you finally put respect on their names? No, <laughs> I will respect
2: them when they if they go to the playoffs and if they win the championship, I'll be like, all right, TCU, I got gotcha. you. Yeah,
1: maybe if they knock off like Michigan and in, in their first game, but I mean, this game simply means only them being three instead of four. Uh, With how if they lose a game or if they win it by a lot, so
0: okay, okay. Well, let's. Talk oh, that's all
2: the difference, though,
0: because it, it, if you're yeah. three, you're. Playing two. That's what I mean. Exactly. Like you can't. That's what I mean. You can't lose a game because if you're TCU, you can't lose. You have to win, Are you're going to win by a lot. I don't. Know. I think if TCU stays undefeated, they're in. I don't know how you can take another team. It's not like LSU is in the question anymore. Ohio State. We talked about them. They have that. I just think you have to put TCU in. But let's talk a little bit about USC. They also improved their chances of getting to the playoffs after USC defeated no, number 19 Notre Dame 38 to 27 on Saturday. They are now number four in according to the AP polls at least. So has this team done enough to really prove that they do deserve that fourth playoff spot?
1: I mean I think if they beat Utah I think so just because it it would mean they beat enough ranked teams after that for them to be respected but that Notre Dame win is probably their best win just because Notre Dame was playing some really good football before that game.
0: Right
2: yeah because I mean if they beat Utah I agree because they lost Utah by one point um, early in the season. So I think...
0: I don't know, man.
1: I'll just give it to them because a rank win is a rank win.
2: Okay,
0: respect. Because they did beat UCLA. Who yeah. UCLA started yeah. off their season undefeated. I believe they were 7-0 and if I'm not mistaken. Yes.
2: Yeah.
1: And
0: now number, UCLA is ranked lost number 17.
1: To or Oregon.
0: Yeah. Yes, lost to Oregon, but... Speaking of the this USC team, they come away with that win slightly against UCLA, 48 to 45. Then they come out with the bang against Notre Dame, beat that. I agree. You have to beat Utah. But I don't know if it's so much these that USC put themselves in the playoffs. I think it's other teams. Teams oh, yeah, oh, yeah for Ohio sure. State yeah. losing, teams like LSU losing. And again, I liked it when College Game Day was like, what are they going to do? Like, oh my gosh, this could be a nightmare they, for, they for the committee. They did, of course. And they, you know what? <laughs> they picked LSU to win. And that was the problem because yeah, College Game Day for weeks upon weeks has been like oh whoever LSU is playing oh yeah LSU is going to lose and then yeah. I think it was Jordan Spieth who came on and picked Arkansas so he was the guy who really you know he messed up the graphic a little bit it was LSU LSU oh that one Arkansas okay we got a doubter and then they're all like oh I'm riding with LSU so is it one team podcast is that that Twitter yeah they jinx us
2: too I don't know if y'all follow yeah. them on Twitter but they're well. like we don't have to worry about tell you, Texas A&M. I'll be picking See, it's Georgia, Georgia this Saturday. It's
0: not It's not me. Me. They were like, we don't have to worry <laughs> about
2: Texas A&M. Like, we have bigger things to worry about. And we literally lost. Whatever. Look,
0: I'm not the problem. That's I've never thought say. you were the problem. <laughs> Thank Chris, you, Cassidy. You're
2: Thank welcome. you. <laughs> <laughs> the the all right,
0: let's, let's wrap this up. Speaking of USC, and let's talk a little bit about Caleb Williams. So there's been a lot of people who could possibly win the Heisman, even CJ Stroud at Ohio State. But is Caleb Williams that guy? Is he winning the Heisman this year, Andre?
1: Yeah, after this week, you know, we we, we kind of talked about this. Uh, I think after Williams played really well against Notre Dame, he's going to get it over Stroud because Stroud had a very bad game against Michigan. I think it came down to Stroud's game against Michigan. If he would have had a decent game against them, I think it was really up in the air at that point. But it'll be when. Williams is Heisman. Mm-hmm.
2: I hate it. I really wanted and Hooker to get that trophy, but mm-hmm. injury. When's the last time a non-quarterback won the Heisman? Yeah. Derek I Henry. I want to see something. How, when think, was, was that? that, Derek when he Henry, was that? Henry,
1: or no, sorry.
2: Devontae Smith. Wide receiver. Oh, yes. When was this? COVID year.
0: 2020, yes.
2: Oh, that was really recent then. Yes. Yeah, but, but before well, that. Well,
0: the yeah. thing is that similar to last year I feel like there's no dominant guy where you're like this is the guy that has to win where it's like last year was Aiden Hutchinson it was Bryce Young it was CJ Stroud okay all these guys are really good but do any of them like have the upper hand and that's kind of similar this year where okay Bryce Young you kind of look at his losses and all right that's not as impressive now CJ Stroud okay close games and it's like Caleb Williams that spot is just there because he's winning and because he's putting up good numbers I mean against the Fighting Irish, 232 yards, went 18 of 22. It's still a decent game. I believe last week a he threw for over yards. 300 yards. Yes, Kalen Williams. Yes, so rushing as well. He seems to have the whole package. Jaden Daniels was even in there for a little bit, yeah, like for really, that little late, two like, seconds, possibly behind because well, he, yeah, yeah,
2: exactly. yeah, he was matching it. Bryce Young numbers, and everybody was like, "Well, Bryce is Ex- in the you know
0: exactly." Man, I love but Bryce. I Young. wish Bryce
1: Young would have won it. I I think that. he deserved it. He
0: did win. He did win it last year.
1: Well, I think he should have got should've it Should have got it
0: again. I I think Love there's him. only one person great ever man. to win the Heisman like twice. So that, as
1: much as I don't like Mama, I like him. He Bryce is a child.
0: great guy.
2: They have stand-up people on that team. That's what it is. Wow. Nick Saban. Ray. Right. He I recruits great people.
0: Mm-hmm. But let's give our don't college football me. playoff predictions. Now that things seem to be settled a little bit, who's going to be the four teams in the playoffs, Andre? And who's going to win it all?
2: It'll be
1: Georgia, and then they'll play TCU as a four, and then it'll be Mission, and then... The three, the three will probably be USC. I think USC is going to jump TCU this weekend. Mm-hmm.
2: I don't know who I want to win because Georgia won it all. I like listen. I'm all for SEC unity, but I can't fathom the thought of Georgia winning twice because <laughs> all the people are going to be like, "Yeah, go Bulldogs! Georgia, you know, blah blah blah. The Georgia's bark. the best team in the SEC." Yeah, like stop. I can't handle that. Like I sincerely cannot handle handle. I just that.
1: don't want USC to win. Because Lincoln Riley and the Brian Kelly situation with the coaching, they're going to be like, who's better? You know. See, the only reason
0: that. I would be against USC winning, not even so much against it, but just the way Lincoln Riley left Oklahoma yeah. I know a lot of people that didn't sit right with him and even he said I would take it back and that's something I think college football in general has to take into consideration because Brian Kelly did the same thing kind of leaving when Notre Dame could go to a ball game so that's something to take into consideration but it would be cool to see I don't even think we need to do the comparison right now because Lincoln Riley brought a lot of his players over from Oklahoma yeah. and in my personal opinion Oklahoma is on a different level than Ohio than Notre Dame in terms of of playing and skills and now you had Caleb Williams come over like Brian Kelly didn't bring a quarterback over. Yeah, he had to right. build this team himself. Yeah, So just to backtrack a little bit, it was Ohio State's Archie Mason Griffin, Archie Griffin to be exact, He was the one who won a Heisman two years in a row. They did honor him at that Michigan-Ohio State game this week, and I'm sure he wasn't very happy after that loss. But (laughs) he did make history, probably something that Bryce Young won't be able to make because it seems that Caleb Williams is in the running. But just to give my quick predictions, I do agree with you. I think USC gets in just because the other teams that are losing. TCU, they're undefeated. They have to go in. Michigan, I mean – Gosh, I like them. This is a good team. Jim Harbaugh is finally getting together, getting to get those quality wins. And then you have Georgia. And I'm going to say Michigan wins it all and they say this is their hate year, that. Yeah, Georgia. I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't that I, I don't think they're as dominant as everyone's saying. They're not like the scary Alabama teams we're used to seeing. I think Michigan could get a quality win, could come out alive. I, Jonah, our podcast producer, is not feeling it. He does not want Michigan to win it all, but I, I see coach. it this year. And I re- what I really She's do like... It's just not SEC, Jonas says. So he wants an SEC care. team. All right, he wants Andres like SEC all the way. Because if Georgia
2: wins, people are gonna be like, "Oh, Georgia's better than the 2019 no, LSU team." I don't team. think they can be Georgia. I, I don't think they're. Well, if I anything, so. I
0: would think that Georgia last year was that LSU 2019 team. I don't think. It's I just can I guess can't. it's the they
2: don't fans. Have the athletes. Like so I no, guess it's the fun.
0: fans that I don't want to hear from is the main thing.
1: No, oh, I shut that out. But
0: overall, I, I don't. <laughs> Andre becomes a Georgia fan. He's like, "Go Bulldogs!" If if yeah. they're in, okay. SEC. I guess.
1: That. It's SEC. But, it's a respect thing.
0: But I will say, okay. it will be a very interesting because we're approaching the deadline for the four-team playoffs, as they will likely expand to twelve teams, and I believe about twenty twenty-six. So it will be cool that there's an SEC team, a Pac-12 team, a Big Ten team, and possibly a Big Twelve team. All in the playoffs, being able to compete. You like that? I love that. I, don't I think that's cool too. Because like for that. so many years, it's like the SEC rules college football. No one else should even compete. There should just be a different playoff because nobody else has a chance because the SEC is so dominant. Exactly. And now other teams are just
1: wait. <laughs> just wait till the 12-team playoff. Now, what do you think is going to happen? And
0: now other teams are coming in like, hey, we can do it too, and that exactly proves the point why there needs to it's be a 12-team playoff. It's going
1: to be an SEC so, invitation. So LSU, LSU
0: can <laughs> get in. So other, so UCLA, like you know, I so wish other we teams had the 12 team this year. can lose a few games and come in. And right. I I think it will be interesting. I think this will be like the the cornerstone of it all. Like yeah. this is why you need twelve teams in a playoff game. And it makes everything
2: race. more competitive too. Exactly. Because yeah, anybody also, can win.
1: Because bowl games mean nothing
0: nowadays.
2: That's, that's what they I'm saying. Like, and you get the you get the gifts too from look, the bowl games. I like it. It's the, a The, it, it's the a change oranges. The, swag. <laughs> the, <laughs> play, look, the PlayStations, you get some good stuff, okay. depending on what bowl Well, you're
0: in. I like the playoffs, and if you're gonna go out there and win, I think it will be fun to have different teams from different conferences going out there competing and teams that have almost never competed against each other before it'll be interesting it'll be exciting that is all we have for you today just a reminder tune in on Saturday at 10 a.m. to KLSU 91.1 where your KLSU sports team will give their breakdown and analysis of the SEC championship game live from Atlanta I wanted to give a shout out to our production producer Jonah Webster even if he doesn't agree with all our takes on Michigan winning that is okay Jonah He's also an Astros fan, so he he he's been living a little bit. He's been quite excited, so maybe he has that magic touch, and Georgia will win just because of Jonah. <laughs> just
2: signed
0: you. Oh 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 yes, and the Houston Astros sign a bright you. So the Astros, Jonah just keeps winning. This is Jonah's year. But that is all we have for you today. Joining me today was Andre Champagne and Cassidy Johnson. I am Patricia Caputo, and this has been the Hodges Huddle.